It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I thought maybe you were talking to somebody else. I'm like, wait, is oh, it Karen? I'm <laughs> automatically looking at who was it, who was he who had called in on the street. A no, no. In. American Underground Network. The primary reason why the individual citizens of a country create a political structure is a subconscious wish or desire perpetuate their own dependency relationship of childhood. Simply put, they want a human God to eliminate all risk from their life. Pat them on the head, kiss their bruises, put a chicken on every dinner table, clothe their bodies, tuck them into bed at night, and tell them that everything will be all right when they wake up in the morning. This public demand is incredible for the human God, the politician, meets incredibility with incredibility by promising the world and delivering nothing. So who is the bigger liar? The public or the godfather? All revolutions have been led by young people. If you just think of the TV images of whether it's Tiananmen Square or whether it's the uh, revolts in Central America or Europe, the young people, it's the college people who are more principled, not locked in, and they're not embedded with the government. They are the ones who are concerned about their future because the future is theirs. My research has shown at this point that the future laid out for us may be just about impossible to change. I do not agree with the means by which the powerful few have chosen for us to reach the end. I do not agree that the end is where we should end at all. But unless we can wake the people from their sleep, nothing short of civil war will stop the planned outcome. It's the National Collective Consciousness Show with Dee Dee Farrell in Portland, Oregon, Jim Conant Jr. in Cincinnati, Ohio, Steve Harris in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, live from Evanston, Illinois, your host, Fred Smart. Hello, welcome back, everyone. Uh, it's been a while since we've had, uh, with all the stuff that's going on with me traveling for four weeks, and we had a, a, a regular open forum mic show last week, but uh, we're going to uh, bring the guests back week by week. It may not be every week, but uh, uh, we have uh, a really special story tonight to go through. Uh, over the years, we've had cases like this where individuals with uh, aggrieved uh, experiences involving commercial, political, legal issues. Uh, you know, they, they hit, hit the maw uh, of the deep state, uh, whatever you want to call it. We have representatives of this deep state in every local community, every local city, township embedded in our world. And uh, our guest tonight, Catherine Thompson. Uh, came oh, hi. Uh, Face to face with this. I'm sorry. Can you, uh, am I? Uh, do we have a good sound check, Dee? Sorry. 
Yes, go ahead, Fred. Catherine will be there when you're done with your opening. Okay, good. Uh, but in any event, um, Catherine Thompson is our guest, and uh, we're going to be joined by Larry Donahue, uh, who goes back with 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 uh, the story of Ed Crosby many years ago. Larry brought to our attention and uh, to my attention, and uh, he kind of threw Ed Crosby at me, and uh, I we we we've spent a lot of time with Ed's story over the years. And it really blew up and got a lot of attention all across the country into the VA. So you think a little show like this cannot have influence. Uh, the point tonight is we need to get this story out about Calvin Thompson so that an attorney somewhere in this country, in this world, can uh, get in front of her and, and step up and represent her. Because there is a story here, and it will be explained. The point is tonight... Uh, keep it short, keep it sweet, keep it simple, so we can uh, uh, paint the picture of this, uh, uh, just a terrible story that has continues to affect Catherine and, and her family and her life uh, with this issue of mold. Mold remediation, uh, mold uh, is a terribly devastating, uh, immunologically uh, devastating uh, fact uh, that's in our modern world when it gets inside houses, inside walls, inside commercial buildings. It wreaks havoc on, on the mental and, and, and uh, physical uh, uh, immune system of, of anyone and uh, really turns people into shells of their former self. And, and Catherine is still in this home that was remediated for mold years ago but still has the same issue. And it's a story that uh, involves one of the largest law firms in the world, we won't mention the name, but uh, Larry's with us tonight to kind of help ride shotgun with me and, and Catherine as, as Catherine tells the story. Catherine, you're here yes. in Western Illinois, a suburb of Chicago. It's kind of old school. It's one of the one of the uh, collar ca uh, county suburbs uh, right around yes. Chicago. It it, 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 it kind of goes back. It reminds me of Berwyn and Cicero. You know, places like that. Yes, right. Old school Chicago. Yes, yes exactly. And, you know, embedded in the churches and all the all the all the good buddies that, that back each other inside all these. Uh, oh boy, you know it, Fred. The cronyism is just um, yep. running rampant. Really, I I can't even tell you how bad it is. Um, and if you want to challenge anything or make a point. It's going to go up against uh, any uh, big interest, uh, whether it be a corporate interest, a political interest, uh, or whatever. Uh, there's going to be pushback, and you definitely got some pushback in this story. So, okay, let's let's go back here. Uh, you had a contractor uh, come over, and and it was accredited, and and uh, with, with a, a ton of experience and certifications. Absolutely. Yeah. It's pretty um, much basic. It's pretty much basic. He found mold. Oh. Night. No ifs, ands, yeah. or buts. <laughs> no ifs, ands, or buts. Uh, it was, it was evident uh, to him because he knew what, what to look for. Uh, it was coming through my shingles. There was a lot of demarcation lines coming through, and um, as soon as he hopped up on the roof, and it was, it was. Soft. He knew that there was a problem within the house. Uh, went down into the crawl space, 
came up and you would have thought he saw a ghost. And um, that's when the, our nightmare really, uh, it had already began. We were really very sick. We didn't feel well. My husband had passed away. We got sick. He, he, he declined quickly and he unfortunately committed suicide. So we were kind of reeling still from that. And then when we discovered that our house was sick with this uh, catastrophic mold problem, and um, they, they deemed my house sick building syndrome, and, um, and, and the contractor sat me down. He said, you got to flee the house immediately with your kids. You're all sick. I can see it in your eyes. I, yeah, uh, just to establish a timeline real quick. Um, uh, you moved into this house what year? Uh, 1996. Uh, I okay, was 19... pregnant with my second child. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, and um, I bought my first house with my husband, David. We had uh, one daughter and uh, a son on the way. And um, it was a dream come true for us to get and our this home. is a, a, a three-bedroom, two-bedroom, four-bedroom? Uh, it's a three-bedroom ranch. Uh, you got a ranch, okay? Yeah. Uh, so it's, 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 it's the roof is not high, high. It's a one no. roof, in fact. Yeah, okay. yes, it is. Okay. And, uh, we could, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and and so in in 2010 is when you had this inspection, right? So we're looking at 14 years later. Yes. Um, after my husband passed. Uh, I, we were so sick and, and everything hurt, our joints, and we were going to uh, doctors for it, and they said it was probably grief-related, and we were definitely grieving, but yeah. uh, there were okay. nose, nosebleeds and hives and all sorts of things that we just couldn't, uh, that we were covered in hives. Uh, oh my you know, uh, riddled, uh, and um, my son kept having to go into the emergency room in anaphylactic shock. I can't even oh tell you how many times. So I didn't know what was going on. Uh, so basically, you were, raised your kids. You raised your kids in a sick home yeah. that was de- devastating to your physical well-being yeah, of you and your family. I think oh. I believe that to be a hundred percent true, uh, Fred. Oh, okay. Now, was there any of this when you moved into the house that uh, either questioned in the inspection or is anything that, that went, goes back to 1996 when you moved in? Um, you know, I don't even recall an inspection, to yeah. be honest with you. Um, I, it was my first home. I didn't really know. We, we my husband and I, we were, kind of, we were pretty young and we didn't know uh, what the first steps were to buying a home. We just scraped yeah. all of our money together the best we could and we we did you know bought, bought home with what we could and uh we kind of followed the guide of what my real estate agents and what the other people's real estate agents but nobody ever um nobody i don't believe ever even suggested an inspection to me okay now, now let's fast forward there was a neighbor right next door yeah built uh, a structure and, and a new mansard roof on that structure. Explain right. that in a little more detail how this well, impacts the story. It, it, the, the house or the, the garage next to me is 
complete, like the ver various code violations on it, you wouldn't think that it, it could be so affecting, but it, it's nothing what they were permitted for, and it's double the size, and it's too close, and it's, it's not um, setback enough from the setback line. So uh, the oversizedness of it, I guess you want would want to call it. Uh, the um, contractor, we just finally figured it out when the wind hit, hits it, like every in everything that falls off this mansard style roof with no gutters, it blows right into my chimney cap, right into the inside of my house and my family room. I'm constantly battling uh, water damage. Constantly, every every year since I lived here, I've pretty much had uh, to have, keep changing my ceilings out and everything. It's just been a financial crisis. But um, my yard floods, and and then what they did, Fred, is they removed all this debris from one part of their yard, and it included like big pieces of rubble from a, uh, an existing patio and they threw it like in behind their garage and on the side of their garage and then um, it just over the years they kept building it up building it up but, but I couldn't see it because I had a privacy sense and I didn't know what was going on on that side and what happened was um, they built it up and then they asphalted over it the village allowed them to asphalt over it no plats of surveys issued um, because I think of their position. Like uh, she's, they're in um, the village uh, system as far as like they work for the village. She's the president, and um, she's the president of the police and the fireman's pension fund. And her wow. father, yeah, and her father, I believe, was either the chief of police. Because that's what they told me the whole time that we were living here. But I might have found other people that said otherwise. They said, no, he was the head detective, which was a pretty big position there as well. But I know that they, they were, you know, really, um, you know, tied in with the village. And uh, I'm not. And that's the way it is. And uh, so they concealed all of this. And in the meantime, what it's done is it's uh, it's caused a percolation problem in this in the seat in the um, in the ground because nothing uh, nothing um, you know goes into the uh, to the soil. If it hits a brick wall and then it finds its lowest point, which unfortunately is my house because now because they built their land up so much and they pitched it on my way, it has no other choice but to run towards me. And I'm just, um, I, I, I've called, I try my hardest to just, I send pictures, I try to com comply, I've done everything I can to just uh, try to get help from the village. But uh, the but I wasn't getting any help. My attorneys um, really weren't doing anything for me. So I began to FOIA, you know, the transparency and discovery process. Yep. Not because I was trying to be trouble, trouble or problematic, but because I'm trying to save my house, save my kids, <laughs> save myself. You know, because my yeah. my my health is our health is just. It's so important, and I, 
I can't even sell the home really with um, with the problems. I have to fully yeah. disclose them. I wouldn't dream of doing that to anybody, but but you know, um, yeah. it, it's it's quite unsettling. I I, I feel uh, I feel uh, uh, a lot of retaliation happening. The more I, I I uncover what's happened here, the garage was built completely out of code. Um, nothing on it was was similar to the permit um, that was issued, and because of who they were, the village turned a blind eye and a deaf ear. And on yeah. any other given day, this might not have caused any problem, but that isn't the case here. What it's done is it's destroyed my home once already, and I'm fearful it's going to happen again because it's so happening. Your, your, your phone is a little bit overmodulated. Can you hear that, Jeannie? It's a little bit... Oh, sure. Are you, on speaker? Are you on speaker? Are you on speaker? Is this better? Yes, I... I'm sorry. Is this better, Fred? Yeah, take it on the speaker. I, we hear some rumbling in the background. It, it echoes. In the oh, background. I did. I took it off the speaker. Okay. Yeah, is that any better, Fred? Yes, much, much better. Yeah, yeah. We can really hear you. So, uh, okay. Oh, okay. Right, so, so let's 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 back up a little bit here. Uh, wait a second, Fred. 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 Uh, I'm wondering if she can handle a question or two in the, in the process uh, uh, not right now we, we're gonna have we're gonna open it up for, for comments and questions but we have to first get the story laid out good now it's simple good now okay sorry okay uh, Larry if you want to jump in I'm trying to establish the, the beginning in 1996 the discovery in 2012 yeah, Fred. I, I met Catherine. You know, I do a lot of work with the veteran community and with Ed Crosby when he was alive. Um, I met Catherine. Her father is a uh, veteran, uh, Korean War vet, combat vet. Mm-hmm. So we're working with him uh, for benefits for a disabled person in their family. And I found out about this issue. And when we first found out about it, I was talking to Ed about it. And I said, you know, Ed, um, what's the, what do you think is going on here? And uh, the first thing, the insurance company showed up with uh, during the remediation process with Catherine's um, contractor, and uh, they did a cursory inspection. So they didn't even go under the crawl space. They didn't go into the attic. They did nothing. And uh, the insurance company um, turned down. They denied her claim for some of the most ridiculous reasons that I've ever seen in my life. They <laughs> First, they said that the pipes were old, so um, and they they looked at a photograph to make this statement that the pipes were old. So um, I don't know if his eyes are registered with the scientific community or not that he can do this by with his eyes. But uh, uh, but anyway, the uh, the auto the, the insurance company this, uh, denied the claim based upon the pipes were old. Then they said that, the, uh, the, looking at a photograph again, that they didn't even take. Uh, they looked at uh, Mr. McGovern, the guy who was work, doing the remediation process. Yeah. They, they looked at the photograph, and they said, well, it don't look like mold to me. It looks like moss. Well, you know, the funny thing is this is growing in dark, and moss is a plant. Mold is a fungus. Mold grows in dark. Moss needs light for photosynthesis. So... Yeah. Uh, 
So the other thing is they, they said uh, due to these leaks uh, that uh, even though they, their, her coverage said that they cover leaky pipes, they turned her down based upon their exclusions. They said because this leak occurred over a period of weeks, months, or years. Well, you know, the law says that whoever wrote the policy, the policy is judged most strictly against the person who wrote it. And so they don't describe how many weeks, how many months, how many years. So if you put weeks there, why do you put weeks? And then if you add it months and years, so is so many weeks add up to months, add up to years? There's no specific. There's nothing, nothing definite. And so when you actually look when mold develops, mold actually develops within 48 hours. And black mold is, is fully, fully formed within 12 to 14 days. So that's yeah. two weeks. So they should have covered this policy, and they just they just cursory denied the claim. The insurance company, um, after they denied the claim, her lawyers put up a kind of a battle at the beginning, and then what should have, should have happened was because uh, there's there's a dispute as to what was covered by the insurance policy. The, the, the attorneys should have said, Catherine, you need to hire us out right now and, uh, and get a contract with us, and we need to take this into the court for a declaratory judgment. We need the court rule on exactly what this policy covers. And, but the, the lawyers didn't do that because this was a pro bono case, and they just they were doing cursory representation. They skipped over that whole process and went right to the Illinois Department of Insurance. And so they asked the Department of Insurance to make a, uh, a ruling on this case. Yeah. And what, what happened was the insurance company came back and made the statement that since there was no licensed engineer or licensed professional, um, that yeah. they couldn't make a determination. So they, they, they just couldn't assist in this project. So they, so they, they couldn't. Yeah, they just could not assist. So there was no determination. There was no ruling. There was no judgment. There was nothing. So the insurance claim is just up in the air. And and so they just moved on as if it was settled. And McGovern, so was, McGovern was licensed, though. Oh, absolutely. He, yeah. He was, yeah, he was really experienced and certified in this more than anyone I've ever met. Okay. Yeah, John, the the contractor was a licensed contractor, and he was certified by the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, the National Comfort Institute, the Illinois Department of Public Health, sewer and septic work, and uh, he he was had various issues of home related environmental concern, and the guy did over a hundred and seventy residential mold remediation projects. So wow. I mean, the guy was totally covered. And then the problem with the the law firm then, what they did is they they what they should have did was challenge the Department of Insurance because they held Catherine to a a standard that they didn't hold the insurance company to. Right. The, uh, the 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 insurance company um, is getting away scot free here because. The insurance company, where was their licensed engineer or licensed? They didn't even use their own pictures. They used John's pictures. Well, um, they, they didn't get an engineer. Send anyone out there. I, it sounds like they didn't want to send anyone out there because they didn't want to 
I, I really think the, the um, I really think the claim was foregone, uh, denied before they even came to my house. To be honest with you. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a foregone conclusion. The law, yeah, the specific law, under equal protection, Fred says that, um, yep. that the equal clause, equal protection clause, requires a government, which would be the Illinois Department of Insurance, to treat similarly situated people alike. And the, and the case law is clear. City of Cleburne, and uh, these are U.S. Supreme Court case laws, 1985. And also the Supreme Court said that it also denies due process and it because of unequal treatment generated by a government agency's violation of its own regulations. So, I mean, it's pretty, it's just blatantly um, biased what they did to Catherine. And, and, and she had representation. They did nothing. Mm-hmm. And then and everyone, because the law firm didn't do, yeah, the law firm did nothing. Catherine was forced to learn the law on herself. Um, she asked me, I asked, I asked Ed Crosby, Ed Crosby helped her with uh, case law and looking things up and teaching her how to do the FOIA process. Oh, that's and great. Catherine was <laughs> Thank yes. you so much. Yeah. I learned a lot and, um, I spent a, a, a lot of time at the library too. And, um, and it was just, um, it was just, a, it's been an eye opening experience, but, um, I'm learning a lot and, uh, Ed, Ed had a lot of uh, good things to um, add to it, and um, yeah, you know, Fred, she learned the process so well that she foiled the the, the draft out of the the village and the and everybody. And when the village turned her down, when she was trying to find out where this water, how they were getting away with this, she. When they turned her down, Catherine knew how to petition the attorney general's office. The attorney generals got involved, and they turned around to the village and said, "Look, guys, you will answer this lady." And so eight out of eight times, getting all these lawyers. Yeah, eight out of eight. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, in the process of getting all these lawyers answered. Um, the, the responses turned up some horrendous things where they actually showed uh, they, she had a copy of the permit that it was never signed by the village inspector the, for the original garage built. The garage on the permit said it was going to be a one-story gable roof. It ended up being a two-story mansard roof, mm-hmm. and uh, it, was, it was two feet bigger in footprint than was on the print. And it was very close to the setback line. I think it's in violation of it. And it created this wind sail next to our house. So when the rain, snow, and everything blew against this flat mansard roof, it just uh, blew back onto her property, up in her soffit fence, and threw her down her chimneys. And it's still and happening. The way they built up the yard. Yeah. So in the process, Catherine not only experienced all the shenanigans of this insurance company's um, denials of claim, cursory denials, but then she runs into the village shenanigans that happened, you know, and, you know, everybody, you know, we're from Chicago, so everybody knows the good old boys club. They, they, they give each other their little favors, but in this instance, this little favor for their little buddy in the, in the village had, had catastrophic Results. I mean, uh, her yeah. husband ended up committing suicide. You know, they, John Hopkins 
university talks about the damage from black mold and it causes, um, you know, all kinds of uh, emotional problems and depression and it could foggy suicide. Uh, they were foggy-headed and yes. So her, her lawyers, yeah. So Catherine's lawyers were informed of all this, and again they did nothing. Nothing. And uh, and then when they they finally, because she asked them to do their job, they turned around and and fired her as a client, because you know in their engagement letter for her. They state specifically that the village may be adverse in this issue also. So they knew the village probably had a big part to play in it. And then when Catherine discovered it, they beat feet to get away from her. Right. And, uh, and, and so... Wait, wait, wait. Their, 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 their letter to Catherine to contact for their pro bono work had a clause in it that said what? That said what? It said um, that the you. village uh, that the village may also be uh, adverse. Yeah, in in her original engagement letter. Um, it says um, it says the engagement letter says the the law firm will represent you, Catherine, our client, and um, they will represent her in this issue. And they said, should the law firm agree to provide representation to you on any litigation matters, it will send you a separate engagement letter outlining the nature of such representation. And then it says the... uh, uh, in the, in the, the, it says the village of of this village may also be potentially adverse. So right in their letter, these lawyers already figured out that something was up. And uh, as Catherine was learning the law herself, and with the great help of Mr. Crosby and uh, quite a few from the veteran community that would help her because you know she's part of the veteran community family because her father was a veteran combat vet, uh, Korea, um, they, they assisted her in, in discovering all this. And, and when she approached her lawyers, um, all of a sudden, they did nothing. They sat back and watched all this happen, all this damage. So, I mean, here she's got a whole municipal village with uh, just incredible amounts of, of shenanigans, uh, you know, crook, um, uh, you know, favoritism, cronyism, you know, and, and, and the law is pretty clear. I mean, right from the Illinois statute, says a public employee is not liable for his acts or omissions in the execution or enforcement of law unless such acts or omission constitutes a willful and wanton conduct. Well, the buddy system, the good old boys club, is willful and wanton. And, uh, and that's 745 ILCS 10-2-202. And it's now, void, Mick, you know, sort of immunity. Yep. Uh, yeah, well, they'll, they'll, they'll claim tort of immunity. But tort of immunity would only apply if they were performing their jobs and, and some kind of accident happened. This was beyond their job. This is they granted their buddies uh, uh, favoritism and, 
and cronyism and deny the rest of the village, you know, honest services. They don't do that for everybody else in the village. Right. And, um, well, yeah, and so, and, uh, so they had a special duty to to protect their, their public, their, the village that they worked for, and they didn't do it. And they had actual so this, knowledge of what they did. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a question, and then I'll ask Catherine a separate question. But okay. real quick, and I'll ask Catherine. Uh, it, it sounds hey. like, Catherine, uh, you uh, or she was very successful, thanks to Ed Crosby's help, at getting these FOIA requests, very, very detailed, documented evidence that yes. basically has the village dead to rights uh, with evidence of this cronyism and this corruption. Is, is that true? Yes. Okay, you have it in black and white in paper, in actual evidence from these FOIA requests, right? Yes. 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 Okay, Catherine, how many, how many FOIA requests did you successfully execute? I probably did at least 50, I would have to guess. At least fifty, maybe a hundred. Like five, five zero. Wow. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I had to, uh, Fred. There was no other way, and um, I, I would get about fifty, absolutely. Fred, she's even got, she even got um, emails and personal letters and texts back and forth between village employees, telling her to, telling each other to harass her. <laughs> And, and called the cops on me and for, for nothing, I, I, for absolutely nothing, uh, call, calling code enforcement on me. Um, when I, oh, my when, God. It, so this, yeah, I'm just is... trying to fix my house and, and help my family, protect my family. And um, the more I uncovered, the harder it got for us. So, And I had gone to the village. I had gone to them. And I brought it to their attention almost a year after they already were out with code enforcement, and they were dodging me um, and and just not uh, answering any of my my pleas because we're we're still flooding here. Um, uh, uh, nothing's really changed. We're flooding worse than ever, really, because now they took the concrete curb out and they allowed them to uh, asphalt all over the the topography and it, it, it's got this pitch on it that is so visible I mean to the naked eye you can see it but uh, you know I, I got uh, engineers to substantiate all the draining on me and then uh, you know uh, their, their attorneys then uh, said some ridiculous statement and my attorneys didn't even rebuttal them. I, I literally wrote the rebuttal letter for them, and they they refused to uh, uh, to rebut my rebut the statements of the unqualified um, uh, um, opinion of the attorney, who was not an engineer, but I had hired actual engineers, and uh, actually I did that because my attorneys. Uh, requested me to do it. More, every one of them that were supposed to be working for me, and uh, I did it. When I did it, they moved the goalposts, and and they said, "Oh, it's out of the scope of our engagement." And I said, "Well, wait a minute. Every time I I provide you with what you're asking me, you turn around and say it's out of the scope of our engagement." 
you move the goalposts every time. And, you know, Fred, um, this has been very expensive for us. It's been financially crippling. And, and I expressed this to my attorneys. I don't have a problem going and getting the engineer reports, the determinations, or the survey, surveys, because I was so happy that they were willing to at least take my case on pro bono. How can I not be grateful, you know? But, um, but here I go and get these expensive engineer reports. It took me a long time to get them because I don't know engineers, and it, nobody wanted to come out to a resident's home and do that. Uh, but I finally was able to get them. It cost me a lot. And, and, and then the, uh, after I gave them to my attorneys, I showed them. They didn't even use them. Oh my, yeah. <laughs> you know, Fred, here's the thing. Her attorneys, um, the village attorney wrote her a nasty letter and basically said that, um, uh, you know, he said gravity is a great predictor of water flow. And he says your engineer didn't actually point out where uh, this water was coming from, but that's not true. And her engineer is in Saudi Arabia now building oil fields. That's how prominent this guy is. And he wrote a t report with the topography map and, and pointing at eight, or eight to nine different places where water was flowing on her property. And then he gave a remedy of what for her to do about it. And then... Catherine gave this to her lawyers, and she said, you know, you need to rebut this guy, and they wouldn't do it. And they right. said, well, we're not going to write a rebuttal letter because it's not in the scope of our engagement. But they're in scope of their engagement on their engagement letter said, we are to represent you. That's it. Yeah. So represent right. means not to let the other acquiesce to the other attorney and put her at a disadvantage and let their, their facts and statements stand while their job is to rebut him and it says we're we're only to represent you in a non-litigation. Well, answering a letter for another attorney is not litigation. Litigation's in filing something in a court. So they breach their engagement letter. I mean, these lawyers are just ridiculous at what they what they set her up to do and what they did to her. And then um, the tenacity of this girl, which we're kind of proud of, all the guys I know and the veterans I know, that she, she didn't quit. She she dug in and she let them have it, and she's like really? uh, Chicago's she's like Chicago's Aaron Brockovich, and and in order yeah and in order to finish this case, Aaron Brockovich needs a lawyer, and I uh, you know she I got, feel like I'm fighting five giants here. <laughs> I feel really uh, like I'm like, fighting against five giants over here. Uh, just tra trying to trample on me. I, 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 I could use a, an attorney to come and give me a hand with this. That would be so wonderful. But, yeah, but you know, Fred, she's got the insurance company with their cursory denial of their claim, and um, which is fraud on their part. Yeah. And yeah, fraud, whole statute limitation, and then, and then. Say that all the all the hiding of of and omissions of evidence that the insurance company did. Um, so that's concealment that tolls the statute of limitations. Then you go over to the village side, and all their shenanigans are hiding this guy's 
illegal permit for one of their buddies, that's concealment of fraud. That tolls the statute of limitations. And then she's got the neighbor who's the village employee. So she's got three solid cases. I, I, we're, just, we're just dumbfounded as to why, why this attorneys would sit there and prolong. And it, it's, it's they have a whole pro bono department. And it seems like this whole pro bono department is just does stuff pro bono to uh, um, represent the law firm as, oh, we're doing this for the poor people. But when the lawyers are actually doing a very cursory representation at best, and it's like they could care less. Catherine calls them when she's in trouble, and they like, you know, just. They don't even answer my calls, and if they do call, yeah, I've been actually berated for calling and I've sent the pictures I've sent I pleaded with them please I I thanked them a million times for being in my corner but they really haven't been in my corner you know what I mean like I, I, I've yeah. tried everything to get them to, to just help me and my family Fred and um, they, it's like I've got to walk on eggshells every time I call my attorney Hey Mick, uh, just a, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I, I had a I had a brain uh, aneurysm there. <laughs> Larry, <laughs> Larry, 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 God darn it, Larry. Uh, I had to uh, think uh, lining this up with Ed, and uh, in the past with the story that we did with Ed. Uh, behind the scenes, you were always behind the scenes working with Ed to line up the evidence and, and categorize it and order it. So, Larry, tell me, is this about as order? I mean, it sounds like Catherine has things very organized in terms of the mm-hmm. evidence, it's, the files, the documentation. She, she has put together, uh, for a non-attorney, she has put together an incredible book of material fact evidence, and it includes all the communications back and forth between her lawyers showing that, um, I mean, you want to talk about violation of ethics code, no communication, um, you know, never letting her know where she's at with her case, never giving her a proper response, never responding two, three months at a time, just letting time fly by. And it's just the violation of the ethics code. You know, the Supreme Court in Illinois said the ethics code, you know, a lot of lawyers think, well, it's just rules. The Supreme Court said that ethics, the conduct code of lawyers, has the force and effect of law. And, yeah. and then, then you got the, the Himmel case here in Illinois that says if an attorney sees another attorney violating the law or crime or the ethics code, they have a mandatory duty to report that attorney, and failure to do so will be disciplinary or disbarment. And that case is a Supreme Court case in Illinois here. So you got all this stuff, and these attorneys just turn their back, and um, I, like Sergeant Schultz, I see nothing. Why, well, you know? And that's one of the things we were questioning, Catherine. You know, I said, you know, Catherine, if this is a big law firm and they have this pro bono department and they're doing this to you, how many other pro bono clients are they doing this to? Well, believe me, I've thought about that question, Larry, many a times, and I'm, I'm fairly certain it's happening happening to a lot of people, uh, probably different circumstances, but still, nonetheless, just as damaging. 
you know, so you've got I all of think, this organized, all of this categorized, and you have notebooks with documented evidence, dates, times, places, everything. phone calls. Yep. All I of saved it. everything. Oh, yep. I documented everything. Uh, even with the village, all of my writings to the <laughs> attorney general, all the responses that the, that the village gave on their FOIAs, uh, the FOIA documents I submitted, um, everything that the attorney general had them um, uh, had them uh, provide me after they refused to do it, uh, but when I demonstrated that they had that the documents existed, uh, they really didn't have a choice because the attorney general's office stepped in and said, oh, "No, you got to give them to her," and that's what they did. Um, but they still haven't. Uh, they still haven't provided me with all the uh, documents. Um, I okay. still uh, <clears throat> haven't received everything, yeah. but the stuff that I have received is pretty telling yeah. um, and Fred, factual. I, I, Fred, I know um, you yeah, and Crosby, me, me, and a few others go way back, and um, yep. you remember, you might remember another case back 10, 15 years ago, a gentleman by the name of Mr. Gene Zorick. Yeah, and um, and how he oh, documented the, the the political corruption to a T. This yeah. case is very close to that. And then um, I sent you a um, Catherine actually sent it to me at the at the beginning. I sent you a, a little um, note that was on the internet about Miss Kim Fox and uh, mm-hmm. how how this organization foiled her the crap out of her office and forced the Smollett case to be reopened. <laughs> well, that's what Catherine did all on her own, and she's not even a professional lawyer. She's learning by the seat of her pants, and she's a, she's incredible. We, we sit there in awe of her. We call her Tenacious Case. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. little, she's like our own little Chicago Aaron Brockovich, and, uh, and we, she, she kills us, you know, all these veterans. I know it's, more, it's out of desperation more than anything. I just can't tell you, like, I mean, I... I am a bit desperate here uh, because so, of all the damage that's happened. And um, guys, guys, I, 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 we're making an appeal on this show. Everyone, please, if you know of an attorney or, or, or maybe somebody who knows an attorney, uh, there's there's a lot of public interest activism going on with attorneys these days because things are shifting in our society. The winds are blowing in a new direction. And uh, whether you talk about Me Too, um, all of these pedophiles, I mean, it, it's really, really, it, it, they're coming out of the woodwork. And it's time to really rally behind stories like this, individuals like this, Kathleen, her tenacity, Larry, uh, a good friend and neighbor, helping her out, uh, really connecting this to the memory of Ed Crosby, who we know. Uh, near and dear to our hearts because we spent a lot of time with Ed and his case and his story over the years. So I uh, just want to make an appeal, everyone, if you want to pass this audio archive off to anybody that you know, we need an attorney to come and review this case, review the information. It sounds like it's a slam dunk, Larry. Well, you remember Mr. Zorick's case. Yeah. Um, back in the day, the corruption was so solid that there was no chance but in yep. this case with the you know mr trump put the u.s attorney here in illinois you know fred i was watching the news 
and I saw Mr. Burke get raided. I'm like, oh, he must have made somebody mad. And then yeah. all of a sudden, I see Mr. Burke get raided again. And I said, wow, he really pissed somebody off. And then I see Mr. Madigan get raided, and I said, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Something big time's going on here now. <laughs> then I find out yeah. Mr. Trump appointed the new U.S. attorney here. And I said, oh, I see what's going on. They're starting to look at the corruption here in Chicago. Well, yeah. this also serves a good opportunity to uh, look at this because it's it's rampant in this case. Sounds, sounds good. All right, now, guys, we're going to open it up for some comments and questions we had. Um, who was it that, that wanted to jump in with a question in the very beginning? Please, star six your phone. Uh, we're going to try to wrap this in an hour. Uh, was that? Who, I, who was that? Well, it was me. Who was that? Hey, it's Steve in West Virginia. Oh, Steve, go ahead. What's the question? Go ahead. Uh, uh, I had a couple of basic questions in, in the beginning. First, uh, is house on a slab or uh, over a crawl space? Uh, there is a crawl space. space. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Do you get water accumulation under the wall? Under the, in the Space. That's where the water uh, was accumulated when they found, uh, they discovered uh, the mold in the water. So you do get water accumulation underneath there? Well, yes, but uh, I don't not, 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 uh, 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 no, it doesn't matter how much, but uh, then if anything can do with the, with the shape of the land to create better drainage to where that can drain away to where that dries out underneath the house. Otherwise, you're, you're kind of fighting, you're trying to piss up a rope. Right. Uh, well, that, that was, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to address that, Steve, because I'm by trade. Go ahead. Um, so what happened was her mold remediation guy poured a, uh, put a, a sump pump in this crawl space, which there was not one originally, and he okay. put uh, piping and plastic piping in to drain the sump, drain the crawl space, and he poured a rat rat slurry, so it, uh, it's not dirt anymore in her crawl space, sitting on the foundation and the footings, and the, and the flooring is now got a rat slurry on it, so it's it's concreted. So that's okay. a lot. Yeah, so a lot of the water that was collecting in the crawl space is finished. It's no longer an issue. The water is still bouncing off this garage, coming down her chimney and going into her soffits and up into her rafters. And, 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 is, there, is there anything she can do with the shape that her land is on to create outside drainage better also to prevent the water from going underneath the house? The engineer addressed that issue, and he said there wasn't enough enough um, pitch on her property. Gradient. And the neighbor, the neighbor built up his property, which is one of the things he 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 um, changed the topography of the land by building up his property and it running on Catherine. So the the engineer actually drew up the solution to the property was to actually put in a, a wall down past the frost line all the way the length of the property to divert the water from his property off and not onto her property. 
and they would have steel sheathing. I believe it was steel yeah. sheathing, like uh, to drive in steel sheathing because the gradient like pile, piles. There was, yeah. There's not uh, enough of a gradient to get the uh, the water to, in in the in the in the percolation problem. After they did the soil, you know, they loaded up land with all this other debris. It doesn't uh, it doesn't uh, percolate. It doesn't right. drain properly. So um, well, it, it turns into that. like clay, pretty much. I guess was is what you'd call it. it yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, you need a path. You need a path of relief for the water. And yeah. if you don't have that, then it's going to sit there. Well, uh, it runs, yeah. runs on me yeah. because I'm on the low ground yeah. now. Because their 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 properties sit so much higher than mine now. Yeah. yeah well, in a first yeah. it was unsuccessful. Yeah, I would say even a French drain only has a short period of life that's effective. And so right. even if you do French drains, you got to redo them every 10 or 20 years. Yeah, uh, and it's not really a, um, I, don't, I don't think it's a, a, a fixed solution. I think it's kind of a quick fix solution, a Band-Aid method. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I live in West Virginia, which is a wet climate, and... Uh, so uh, it's just like I live in Santa Cruz, and Santa Cruz and West Virginia are both wet places and are prone to more mold problems. Although we never, I've never seen black mold here. Mm. But, okay. but uh, anyway, the other thing I would uh, I just wanted to offer for a little—it's not of any use really—is that uh, I don't think you're going to find a solution with lawyers because they work for the court, not for you. Yeah, I'm finding that out. I'm finding that well, out. Well, that's, that's I true. Think, yeah. I believe in our system. I really do. I believe in the Constitution, and I believe in uh, my due process rights, and I believe they're definitely being violated. But uh, I'm going to continue seeking somebody. Uh, I'm, a, I'm afraid that you're believing in an illusion. And uh, I would assume, I would hope you would wake up and uh, see the light of day. Thank you. Anyway, I'm sorry for your problem. I wish for the solution. This is Al. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, who's that? Go ahead. Al Jordan. Yeah, go ahead. Yep. I've been in the business of for 35 years, as you well know. And not, yep. not, on, not on the professional, but on the commercial level, reinsurance and that kind of thing. Why you not filed suit against your neighbor? Cause the problem in the first place. Well, they did, and but the the attorney she can't afford an attorney because all the money she had she spent on remediation. So the attorneys wouldn't file suit. They they, I, they I, I, I asked over her. and over again. No, no, no. Yeah. What, what's the name of what is the name of the insurance company that that that, that is insuring the building next door? Do you know the name? Um, of uh, well, I don't know what their insurance company's name is, but I know what mine is. Well, you, don't need, you don't need to work, forget about your own insurance company. Uh, you're you're yeah. wasting your time with your own insurance company. Right. I don't know what their insurance company is. Basically, all your lawyer had to do was to send a letter to the people next door. If they put your insurance company on notice, have, the, have them contact my client, period. 
Yeah, they didn't do it. They didn't do it. They didn't do anything like that. They didn't put the insurance company on notice? No. Nothing. Nope. They went to the Department of uh, Illinois Insurance, and uh, and and the Department of Illinois Insurance put on, uh, put, uh, unequal application of the law against me and not them, uh, no, not no, the insurance no. company. And Mick, it, Mick, it, Mick Al Jordan needs to get in touch with you, Mick. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Larry. You misunderstood uh, what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you forget about your insurance company. Forget about mm-hmm. it. They, they, the insurance department has no, has no, no problems in talking to you about their insurance company you know, meeting some un- unequal standard. Basically, all you're simply doing is asking the asking the your neighbors who caused the problem in the first place to put their insurance company on notice and for their insurance company to, to come and get, to get in contact with you. If they don't do that, all this razzmatazz with your lawyers messing around with your with your your insurance company and with the county and the, with the town you're in, all that disappears. You simply file a lawsuit for ten million dollars if they say. Here, here, boys and girls, here's a lawsuit for $10 million. You've infected my, my house. you destroyed my, my, my health, and you and made my place of, of living impossible to live in. Respond mm-hmm. to the case. And, and, and by the way, you have, you have a ton of discovery, Larry and, and Catherine. You have yes. a ton of and discovery. You, you back that up. And, yeah, and the discovery. That's all you got to do. It doesn't cost any money to do that. $25 to make a filing. That's the end of it. I thought I needed an attorney to do it for me. No. I was, I was in Maryland. I was next to the dirtbag city of the world, Washington, D.C. You can do anything you want. You well, what do you think, you Larry? Do you think that that's uh, a possibility? Because I thought I needed my attorneys to file this. No. <laughs> As you know, the attorneys just making more problems than you had to begin with. Yeah, absolutely, Dee Dee. I, I believe Catherine, that to be true. Uh, Brian, yeah, and if you don't like the pro bono attorneys you're going to now, find some other ones. Fire these guys if they're not doing the job. And if you don't do the job, I'm going to have somebody file litigation against you for malpractice. Or, and, and give me some other ones that you're going to pay for, guys, to litigate against my next-door neighbors. End of discussion. Mm-hmm. The, the conversation will last all about 30 seconds. Guaranteed. Yeah. Well, you, you're not, you're not well, when her, her attorneys did write a letter to the neighbor's lawyers, and, and the result of that was a response letter from her neighbor's lawyer that basically was nothing more than statements of counsel, no factual evidence, no nothing. And then what? when Catherine told her lawyer to respond to it, they said no. We're not doing it. The point, the and the point I'm making is you take it out of the attorney's hands. Yeah. You file suit in the you file suit in the state of Illinois Supreme Court. That's it. It ends it ends this nonsense we were talking about here. It ends the lawyers playing games with 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 with, with, with this lady here. It ends all mm-hmm. that. It ends up in the court. It becomes a public record. Once it becomes a public record, the lawyers then they have to contend with the lawsuit. It's as simple yeah. as that. And, and all this just going back and forth to get the insurance company to cover you know, the water damage and all of that. You know, if I'm an insurance company and I wanted to mess with you, I'd do exactly the same thing to you. If I was the insurance company, I'd, if I wanted to monkey with you, I'd screw around with you the same way. 
I don't know why they're mm-hmm. doing this, but if I were wanted to mess with you, of course, they see you coming. Basically, mm-hmm. what you need to do is to find a set of lawyers. If you're pro bono lawyers, then that's a problem to set itself, but you can't get your pro bono lawyer to do something for you if you're not paying them. Find some other ones. Tell these guys to take a hike and go find some other lawyers. Tell them what the problem is. And then I don't really have a whole lot of money anymore because I used it to remediate my house. Well, yeah, the pro bono, but my the remediation of my home and the damages were, were catastrophic. The entire <laughs> home had to be... The yeah. point is that the then, next door neighbor is responsible for it. Yeah. That's the point of the lawsuit. Mm-hmm. That's the point of the lawsuit. You sue your neighbors for causing the damage to your home. You without a lawyer? Can't you do that without a warrant lawyer, like you said, to file documents? Yeah, you can. You can do it without a lawyer, yes. Yeah, yeah. that's what I thought you were saying. Exactly what I'm saying. Until you, until you go to court and argue it, and they throw you out on procedure, and 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 that's what will happen. And uh, yeah, I know. I, maybe maybe we live in a different part of the world than I've lived in. I live in Massachusetts, New York, and and Maryland, also in California. Um, every place that I've lived in is exactly the same way. If you if you determine to bring a lawsuit against somebody, you do it. It's as simple as that. You can also file a lawsuit against both insurance companies. Her insurance company and, and the guy next door is his insurance company, correct? Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, for Malfeasance on both sides. Right. Yeah, I'd right. do that. That sounds great. And then you know what? They don't like to see that in the newspaper. You know why? If I'm suing, you know, State Farm of, of Illinois, they don't like to see that because you know what? When it comes time to sell insurance, millions of people get to see that kind of nonsense in the newspapers. And if it's mm-hmm. State Farm, you want to insure my house? Go home. Get out of here. I'm going to use Aetna yeah. or, you know, Geico or somebody else. The point, the point is that you're going about it the way they're, they're pushing you around. They're pushing you down a path where you think you're fighting the good fight. But all you're simply doing is you're fighting in a symbol. You're fighting in a, in a teacup. You need to take okay. it out of their hands. You okay. sue. Um, could you help her? I could tell you what to do. I'm not a lawyer, but I could tell you what to do. Hey, Larry, Larry, uh, Al Al, Al Jordan, uh, in a very simple one or two conversations, my wife lost lost her wedding ring. And our our insurance was not going to cover it. And Al was able to decipher in less than two conversations exactly how to to respond in a letter to our insurance company. And boom, it was solved. Is is that your name, sir, Al? Yeah, Al. Al Jordan. Oh, thanks so much, Al. Well, he worked in the insurance company for decades or years, didn't you, Al? He knows the buttons I, to I was, push, Catherine. Yeah. I, I, was trained, I was trained by the Travelers Insurance Company. I worked for AIG in Manhattan. Okay. Uh, and, then I worked, and, then, and then I went to work for a company called Aon. It happens to be a big facility out of, out of U.S. City, out of Chicago. Yep. And mm-hmm. then I opened up a insurance facility. And then I get set up with being in the insurance business of like watching wallpaper dry. But the thing <laughs> is, is that the thing, the thing is, the thing is that the, the, the concept behind what insurance is all about is always the same. But listening to this, and listening to the story about your next door neighbor draining water into your house down your chimney, uh-huh. it's obvious that the problem is creating the problem. It's your next door neighbor. 
Go ahead and sue them for, for as much as you can get, you think you can get, get from them, right? If they're damaging, if they're damaging your your health and your your property, file suit against them. You don't worry about their insurance company. Just hit them with a lawsuit. Then their insurance company responds. Period. If they don't respond. Then there's summary judgment against them. You take the house. Move them out yeah. of the house. So you become, um, you become, you become rabbit. That's what you got to do. You got no choice. Oh, you just took an idea. Wow, well, Mr. Jordan, maybe maybe you could assist Catherine because um, we don't have the people knowledgeable in insurance to give her the proper Would you mind, uh, you mind telling me my first step in, uh, or exchanging a no- number or an email with me? Okay. I don't want to do it on the, oh, the air now, but just have Fred give me information. Yeah. Catherine, I'll, I'll be in touch. Uh, I'd be happy to be in touch with you and Larry. To, to, to share the information. So that's wonderful, uh, Fred. Thank yeah. you so much, Al. And it'll make you it'll make you feel like you're swimming downstream instead of backwards. Oh, you know, you're working so hard, but you're going the, you're going the wrong way in the current, darling. <laughs> I can't say I'm, I'm 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 a professional at this, but I definitely no. um Well, you're a hero, and you you deserve the help. So thank you, you so much, everybody. It's all right. Your, hey, any, anybody else, a question or comment? We're going to do a wrap on this show because we don't want it to drag out too long. Anybody else? Al, thank you so much. And Steve, thank well, you for thank your you. comments. Anybody else? You're welcome. We, 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 we can talk about this tomorrow, uh, Fred, and, and, and we can yeah. talk about the things out tomorrow. Okay? Tomorrow, Al, and, and I'll yeah, circle okay. back with you, Larry, and Catherine. Yeah. Any, anybody else? We're going to do a little wrap here on this show. Yes. Okay. Okay, Dan, this is it. a very, Thank very you. simple case. It's got Chicago. It's got corruption. It's got uh, the deep state. It's got feds involved. It's got the locals involved. Uh, it's color. You can hear it in Catherine's voice. It's gritty. It's and she's righteous. So please back up this story. Please get some ideas out there as to who could represent this. But Catherine, per now, could write a letter and file a lawsuit and put it in the public record, and that would be a catalyst to get this whole uh, train out of the station and moving down the right track. So thank you, Al. Uh, anybody else? Larry, you want to make a final statement before we uh, head out? Who are you calling out, Chris? Oh, Larry. Oh, Larry. Okay. Larry, did we lose you? <laughs> Did we lose Larry? No. I think we lost him. No, he's still there. Hey, Larry. Larry. Okay. Sorry. 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 I had a, I had a, a bathroom break. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm offering you to make a, sort of a final appeal. I just made my little spiel, and then and then we'll. Well, no, I think that's awesome yeah. because uh, I think that's awesome, uh, Mr. Al. Uh, because uh, the majority of our people, we work with veterans, and this is a little bit out of our our uh, wheelhouse. We're doing the best we can to help her, and she's doing an incredible job herself. And uh, and this little lady of all people I know needs to help, and she's uh, she's top shelf people and a sweetheart. So um, you know, she's been through enough. Well, Al had a lot of uh, great suggestions too, um, as well as Dee Dee and Fred, and uh, and I'm I'm really looking forward to talking with you again, Al. 
He's, he's right. out hung up now, but... Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, but Fred, it, it's great that Larry was able yeah, to well, Fred, bring we'll, you back we'll, on. We'll get this going, Catherine. You know, you're a, you're a uh, an inspiration to come on this call and 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 to share your heartfelt uh, uh, tragic story that needs to be rectified for the cause of justice and divine providence. Okay. So this yeah, is kind of what this call has been all about for many years. So it kind of brings us back to our roots, and it's so gratifying that you are working on this case with Ed Crosby, the late Ed Crosby, who was a yes. Joy. It was my privilege. I, I mean, uh, it's an absolute privilege to to uh, have that uh, well, experience. This, this is what we do. This is what we do, yeah. Catherine. We've been helping people for 13 years, so that's what we're all about. Yes, and I want to thank you all for uh, helping me today. It's just been um, heartfelt to me and my family. We can't thank you enough. You're quite welcome. And you can take this audio file, Catherine. We're going to send it to you after the show is done. Steve right. will send me a copy. I'll forward it to Larry. Yep. He'll forward it to you. Uh, and I've got your number. I can text it to you as well. So we'll get that done. And please share that with all of your family, friends, and neighbors. Right. There's I sure will. a community here who is very activated and interested in getting the word out and getting this story on the road because it really has, uh, it, it's, got, it's, got, it's, it's something that can be sold, especially in this day and age with all the tragedies that we're, look at the, the economy and the politics and, and this virus that's going around. We want to rally behind right. the people that are the downtrodden. And you are a great representative. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and mold, and mold is a subject that affects everyone in a big way. So that's the best. It really does. <laughs> yes, it really does affect a lot of people. Uh, I've learned a lot about it, and uh, unfortunately, the hard way. But uh, yeah. that and the law. But um, I'm I'm going to keep uh, keeping my chin up, having faith, and looking for uh, a little bit of assistance from nice people like you that will, uh, you know, put the word out. And, again, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you all. Okay. Well, thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Lily. It's a wrap. Thank you, D.D., Steve. Thank you. Ready, Al. We'll see you guys. Thank you, Fred. Thank you, Fred. Thank you, Fred. Bye-bye, guys. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Stop Bye-bye. Bye-bye. American Underground Network. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.